0: Alien, the 1979 science fiction horror film, was amazing, and I would say still is amazing. It is a feat of any horror movie, let alone a science fiction film. The original, of course, was directed by Ridley Scott, and it features... One of the most terrifying and unpleasant monsters in cinema. The story follows a ragtag group of astronauts, one of which is named Ripley. The rest of the crew's names don't matter because they don't make it out alive. You see, Ripley is the more level-headed but stern one in the group. The rest are a little more uh, out there in their personalities is a good way to put it well this crew has been flying in space for a very long time and they're on a simple mission to go to I don't know is it some it's some asteroid, some planet? it's very simple cargo mission well they get an emergency signal they're interrupted and they decide to help out where that emergency signal came from upon landing on that planet they find an alien ship with an alien life form dead They see a large hole, a crater, in this alien's chest. They then see a room filled with basketball-sized eggs. One of these astronauts, the real brainiac of the group, decides to look at one of the eggs very close as the top of it opens up. And then comes one of the most famous scenes in film history, a face-hugger, little... just picture a crab spider thing with really gross slimy skin jumps wraps itself around the guy's head its tail wraps around his neck and he falls down they bring him back onto the ship and they they broke quarantine rules by the way they officially were supposed to quarantine him since they didn't know what that was on him but they decided to break the rules so i'm not i'm not saying that if you break quarantine rules in 2020 an alien will explode out of your torso. I'm just saying you can't be too careful. Anyway, once they're in the ship, they do an x-ray, and they see that within this astronaut's stomach, a baby alien is being implanted. Talk about uncomfortable. Now, I haven't talked about this with a lot of people, especially not on this podcast, but... I have a fear of things under my skin like I can get a shot I'm okay with that but like if y'all ever had an IV where there's a tube in your skin the pain doesn't bother me but if I look at my arm and I see like an IV like under the skin that wigs me out and I cannot handle it alien thrives on that kind of discomfort so after scanning the astronaut, they discover a little baby alien. Eventually, the face hugger falls off. They try to cut the face hugger open, see what it is, but it has acid for blood. And then, at one of the best scenes ever filmed in history, while they're eating breakfast, that astronaut starts complaining about his stomach hurting. He writhes in pain, falls backwards, knocking everything off the table, screaming, and then bursting out of his chest. A little alien baby. It is unpleasant the first time you see it. And then you get used to it because it's been spoofed to all heck. Anyway, this alien, of course, jumps out runs away. He's dead because his chest exploded. But the rest of the crew doesn't know what to do because there's this alien that has just escaped and is on the ship somewhere. They can't bring it with them. They don't know what it is. So they decide to, you guessed it, split up and search for it. And that's where this film finds its magic. You see, the limited space, the fact that you cannot escape this creature, the fact that you know nothing about this creature, and the fact that you are alone. You can hear in the scenes, you'll see Ripley hears what's going on in other parts of the ship, but she can't do anything about it. It's this powerlessness and this dread that permeates the film Alien and makes it phenomenal. And the Alien, of course, if you Google it and you'll see it, it's a species that takes on some genetic properties of whatever its host body is in. And it can become the perfect killing machine. It's blood is acid and it is incredibly strong. It's nearly silent and it can hunt incredibly well. It is an aggressive threat and it starts picking the crew off one by one boy is it freaky because you know it's there the whole time but you don't know where you don't know who is going to die next it never focuses too much on just one person and that's where the threat slowly is able to escalate to where Ripley eventually has to kick it off of the escape pod and then fly off and the ship explodes now, what made this movie good was the limited space and the fact that there was a singular threat that was almost impossible to catch or kill. And it has this slow build of dread and hopelessness throughout the movie. The sequel, Aliens, decided to go a different direction. And and this is where I'm going to talk about the Alien franchise as a whole a little bit. Because, good lord. Well... Aliens, the sequel, decided what if she lands on a planet that's already been ravished by these aliens. There's a colony there. However, space marines know about this alien, and they can kill them. So she flies down with space marines to kill the aliens. Aliens is far more of a suspenseful action movie than a horror film. However, I would say Aliens is by far the most famous and, I'd say, the best quality of all of the Alien movies. Because when you watch Alien, you have to have a mild sense of suspended disbelief. Because not only do you know that this creature doesn't exist, the creature also is made with 1979 effects, practical effects. So there are points in the movie where this terrifying alien looks like a dude in a costume points where it doesn't don't worry but there are a good bit few that look like that in the sequel it's more competent CG to help with the practical effects and of course you get the very famous scene with the Queen and Ripley in a cargo loader exosuit. it is fantastic And there's something satisfying about watching a bunch of aliens get killed when you've had to fight to survive. There's something really enjoyable about that, that the first film, because of its genre, just does not have. And then, of course, you get later and later iterations that get more and more ludicrous. You see, Aliens as a franchise doesn't have one set that it plays by, similar to the creature within the franchise, it seems to take on the properties of each genre that it is in. And it relatively succeeds. I'd say the third and fourth ones were pretty bad. Uh, But overall, they're always fun to watch. Because if you understand the basic rules of the franchise, there are these creatures, they have face huggers, and then it bursts out of the chest, and then it's hard to kill. You can kind of get into it. It's kind of like zombie movies, where you get used to the rules, you know, if you're bit what's going to happen, and you get used to the patterns that eventually you're completely numb to the consequences and, oh, this guy in our group's acting shady, I bet he got bit without asking questions, I'm shooting him, not letting him near my family you eventually get to where you're making these difficult moral decisions very quick, in a very blasé fashion however I would be remiss if I did not spend a little bit of time discussing Prometheus and Alien Covenant. Or, as it was originally titled, Prometheus 2. Prometheus is what would happen if Ridley Scott was given a lot of hallucinogens, and then read his original Alien script, and then was asked could you write a book of philosophy that would be written within the world of alien? And then before he passed out, he created the movie Prometheus. Prometheus loves to ask questions and hates to answer them. The movie is so barely connected to the alien franchise that It is only, in the most timeline, technical sense, a prequel. It has some serious flaws. Uh, I would say the special effects are phenomenal. The story's passable. The acting, directing, and cinematography is is very good. Very, very good. You can tell that everyone involved is highly professional, highly talented. But as a member of a franchise, it it does not work at all. Which is why they changed the title of its sequel, Prometheus 2, to Alien Covenant. Because you see, audiences went to see an alien movie to see an alien, not an eight-foot-tall albino guy, wrestle a giant tentacle monster. Spoiler alert, but you're not missing anything if you skip it. Alien Covenant catches you up on everything that you really needed to know from Prometheus to understand that it is a prequel to the Alien franchise. Alien Covenant is a far more substantial title in that it returns to its horror base while keeping the uncomfortable mythological exhortations that Prometheus reveled in and got lost in. Uh, And Michael Fassbender is amazing in Alien Covenant. And he is the most unsettling character in a world filled with man-eating monsters. You see, as the movie builds, it relies on you knowing how the aliens operate. It relies on this basis of knowledge so you understand the implicit threat without having to be overt. Again, it relies on that sense of dread. You know... It's coming, you don't know where. Uh, I would say the weakest part of Alien Covenant is the fact that much of the film relies on characters making dumb decisions to not leave because if they left when they could have, they'd be fine. But the whole, we have to know more and we're driven by science, that, that kind of plot line gets a little old when you've done it for like eight movies, I don't know. It just gets old. And I I get it, rid. I I get it. I get it, Ridley. That's the message. Oh, you shouldn't mess with nature, even if you're a scientist, because it could grab your face and make an alien burst out of your stomach. Thanks, Ridley. That's that's really great. Well, I think we've about beaten that horse to death. So let's move on to the next film, the next great horror giant. And I will say this. Is not my favorite, but you know what? We're going to get through it. So I'll see you around the bend for the next classic horror.